Welcome back to another edition of KL Kai the podcast. My name is Michael Kraft, and I'm joined, as always, by Bruno Minas. And this week, we've got on the newest member of the KL Kai podcast family, Carly Coombs. How you doing? Good. How are you doing? <sighs> Tired, but <laughs> still kicking. Still kicking. I feel that. Yeah, it's been it's been a long week, huh? It really has. Yeah, I I just. I guess some some behind the scenes uh, in Michael's life. I just drove down from D.C. to Tampa. We got in a couple of days ago, but Tampa it was kind of yeah, Tampa, Florida. Wow, how long's that drive? Yeah. Um, it's not terrible. Um, you can do it in a in a day if you want to suffer. I guess. Oh but, my goodness. We did it across three days. We did it um, six hours the first day, uh, three and a half hours the second day, and then five and a half, six hours the third day. What places did you stop? So the first night we stopped in Myrtle Beach in South Carolina, and then we went down to Savannah, Georgia, which is a beautiful little town. I hear hear it's really beautiful over there in uh, Savannah. Yeah, it's really nice. There's a lot of hype uh, around it. Um, I don't know. It's it's nice. It's really charming. And then, um, obviously, last place we stopped in was Tampa. Yeah, that's the destination. But yeah, so it was, it was a good it was a good little trip. I liked it a lot. Sounds fun. How's it be? How for you, Carlene? Uh, how's it feel like to be a new copy editor? It feels good. Um, it's nice to kind of take a break from writing a little bit. You know, I felt like before I was always having to come up with story ideas and constantly be interviewing people, which was great. You know, I really enjoyed it. But it's cool to step into a new position um, just to do something different, you know, work on those leadership skills. So how long were you a writer? Um, I did it for two semesters. And well, two semesters in like a month of the summer. Oh, I thought... Wait, did he take a break over? Oh, you didn't. Yeah, because like when I I went home um, to Utah after like once uh-huh. like the virus started, and so I didn't work while I was home. Um, and then once I came back to Hawaii in July, I started again as a writer for a month, month and a half, and then I became a copy editor. Hey, there you go. Yeah, because you and I both started at the same time, and yeah. we're like the last people from. Uh, that that group of of, of hirees who are still with the magazine. I know that we really era. are that era. I know it feels weird. Like we came in as like the newbies, and now I feel like we're we're old. Yeah, we're we're old people now. Yeah. It's, I don't know. It is. I think it's going to be really weird whenever things go back to normal, right? And we're back in the office and running it like it used to be. That. We're gonna get there, and so many people who we're used to seeing, right? They're just not gonna be there anymore. Yeah, it's just gonna be totally new faces. Which yeah, I have a I'm question for you guys. Um, just a little bit. Do you feel like huh. you ever spend like so many hours indoors you forget what it's like outside? Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. Like I feel like I sit <laughs> inside my house first, and and it's not even like just inside my house. It's like I'm on like in my bedroom on my bed, you know, because like we work from home and then also like doing school from home as well it's it's weird yeah yeah sometimes i find myself like 
It sounds super lame, but I find myself like staying inside for like two days straight. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah. No. Today. So well, we we got back and to the house. And then when I go outside, and I'm like, kind of like this is a lot of work like, you have to oh, do, man, like painting like it and, and stuff like. You're like, oh, the sun. Oh, I was just saying that there's a lot of stuff we have to do, like back in the house, like painting it and stuff like that. But so, like, I'm in the house all the time. And, but but today, I guess I don't know. Halfway through the day, I went out to the back, and um, we have a pool. But I mean, that's not like a flex because I'm just in Florida and everybody has a pool there. <laughs> um, so I, I went out for a swim for a little bit and then came back in. But I was like basically in, either in the back or inside the house the whole day, and then. I don't know, like maybe an hour before we started recording, I went out into the front just to unload some groceries. And it was so weird just being outside of the house altogether. I was like, oh, there's like a whole world out here that I keep forgetting about because I'm stuck inside. But yeah, um, like today I went out for a drive and was just like, whoa, there's a road. (laughs) (laughs) Like, like. My depth perception is so bad because I've just been, like, in my house, you know, staring at my computer all day. I know. And it's just, like, just kind of like, oh, yeah, there's a, there's an actual world outside. <laughs> For real, so. <laughs> but, yeah, um, it's, isn't it kind of interesting, Carleen, that being an editor is way different from being a writer? It is really different, actually. Like, I felt like as as a writer, I just kind of, like... I just worried about my own stories, you know, what I was doing. It was just kind of like I did my own thing. And then now as an editor, I'm like, oh, I need to, I need to like concentrate on taking care of the writers on my team. I need to make sure that like my art people are getting work that they're getting communicated with. Um, I get to work more with like the production of the actual magazine and like the website. And um, I'm even helping with like the Instagram page as well. So it's like, I kind of get to see the whole production more now rather as a writer. It's just like, Oh, I just write my stories and they get published. You know, that's about it. Yeah. It's like, cause as a writer, you just story, story, story. And, next week story 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 whereas an editor you i feel like i feel like as an editor you think about it more than you would do as a writer yeah because your, well, your you're brain is kind of spread out a little bit more yeah you're like constantly getting like messages too from your writers like asking uh-huh. questions about their stories or maybe someone needs help finding someone to interview so it's like it's just like constant in your life <laughs> yeah <laughs> Um, if you if you ever were to step up to like like chief or art director, you will definitely see that a lot more. I know. I <laughs> so if you think it, like if I you think it's crazy now, um, like if you were to step up, it will be like, uh, just maybe three four times more because oh yeah, you'll say you'll say something to somebody like oh yeah we'll get that project done, then someone else will come in and be like oh I need help with this and you kind of forget and, then, and that project yeah. the project's in the back burner, and then like. They ask you two days later, hey, how's that project going? You're like, oh, it's, uh, it's going good. It's great. <laughs> I definitely feel like I message it, Haley like, a lot yeah, more. Yeah, there's so many different more. I feel like there's just more things you have to worry about and just be on top of. Oh, yeah. Because you're kind of like yeah, a like, boss, I mean, too. Almost. Uh-huh. 
I was gonna say, I feel like now as a copy editor, there's so many like moving parts everywhere, and you don't know, you know, you're trying to keep like an idea of like what's going on with everybody, but you know, you don't know everything that's going on. And then I imagine as like like you, Bruno, as an art director, like it's even more like that because you've got everyone you're trying to work with, you're trying to make sure everything is going good. You're putting the magazine together, you're doing all of that. So that's kudos to you for being able to do that because that's that's tough. <laughs> yeah. But uh, I'm trying to go back to my old way of uh, time boxing of just really scheduling things out and also leave yeah. room for, for whatever. Like today, I was looking at the at the October issue and I saw that we had a duplicate story on the on the guide. Oh, no. And I was like, oh, no, that means we're, we have we're two, two pages too short. So I have to like step in and get make a new layout, which I did, but just. Things like that always pop up. Just, just random things you have to be prepared for. So, I feel like it's it's cool that you guys are copy editors, but it also like prepares you more for that kind of stuff to be prepared for, to be more, uh, more flexible, to be more adaptive. Yeah. So it'll definitely help out in the real world. For sure. For oh, sure. The real world. Oh, the real world. <laughs> <laughs> the real world. I know. Scary place, huh? Yeah, I like where I am right now. And it's pretty real. <laughs> Magazine's real. <laughs> I mean, we are, we, it is a real job. Like, I always forget that. Like, it is a real job. We're, we are actually getting paid for this. I, I know, yeah. right? We're building portfolios, so. getting paid. I feel like an adult. Uh, I mean, it is... I will say, it's, it, it, it is so nice to be able to, to work the Kilikai. Just kind of in the sense that we get paid... So we, I mean, we learn so much in our jobs, right? Mm-hmm. But we're also kind of like stretching ourselves creatively and just learning new things yeah. and experimenting. It's I, I'm really grateful for that. I think it's the best job on campus. I might be biased, but <laughs> it's, it's definitely a lot different than uh, retail, which is what I used to do. So, what made you want to apply for this job? Um. Uh, I think just because, like, well, first off, it's, like, pretty applicable to um, my major. This is, like, a communications major. Um, And then I was already interested in journalism. So um, one of my goals coming back into the fall 2019 semester was to actually get a job um, here at the KLK. Um, And so I, like, signed up for Sister L's news media writing class. And then Michael was in the class, and he was like, hey, I'm applying. You should, too. And I was like... I sure will, and here we are. Yeah, I, I remember at the start of that semester, I signed up for that class, and I did not care at all about the Kilikai. I thought it was like, just like, I thought it was, I don't know, like kind of like the the standard high school or whatever, just like magazine, and it was just kind of like, I had never read a, a copy of it, and I just thought it was kind of silly or frivolous or something. Mm-hmm. And I took, I took a, a creative writing class with Eli, uh, he's another copy editor. He was a writer when when Carly and I got hired, but he told me he's like, "Dude, we're hiring. You should uh, apply. You're taking this creative writing class. I bet you're a good writer." And I was like, "Nah, I'm cool." And he said, "No, please apply. We, we need writers." And so I said, "Okay." And boom, a couple of weeks later, I got hired, and it was the best thing that happened to me that semester. So it, it was real good. Yeah, for me, I like I hadn't really read the KLK before applying but I had um Noah our old 
co-editor-in-chief, Noah Schof, he once wrote a story. It was about, um, I can't remember what it was titled, but it was about kind of showing love and kindness towards um, LGBTQ members on campus and within the church community. And I remember reading that story and I was like, I was like, wow, like, they, they seem like a cool place to work. Like, this is the kind of stuff I want to write. And so that's, that was actually um, the article that inspired me to apply. So shout out to Noah. <laughs> yeah, that story gained a lot of traction. A lot of people had a lot of things to say about that story. I um, how long that. have you been copy editor, Carly? A couple of weeks, right? Like a month or, or less, um, huh? Probably like a, I think I'm coming up on a month, yeah. Wow, that's yeah. so long. You're going to get to the point where you'll start reading regular like newspaper, start reading like Facebook posts, and you start editing it like, shouldn't use that word, man. Or be like, oh, that's the wrong place to put that comma, man. My, <laughs> so my family, um, anytime they write something, whether it be social media captions or like family letters to, you know, like our grammar or whatever, my mom likes to send them to me to edit. And so the other day I literally got a text from my brother and he was like, can you edit this Instagram caption for me? And I was like, <laughs> sure, man, like take out this word out of comma here, you know, you got the wrong tense there. So <laughs> it's kind of funny. Shoot. That, that reminds me, I was watching uh, a movie a couple days ago. Uh, called Richard Jewell. It's about this um, this guy who was accused of bombing the Atlanta Olympics in 1996, I think it is. Um, and, I mean, he didn't do it, but the, the reason that everyone thought he did is because the FBI started investigating him because he was the one who reported the bomb. He found it and he said, hey, look, I think this is a bomb. Uh, let's check it out. He was a security guard. And someone who worked for the FBI told uh, a journalist from Atlanta that they were investigating, you know, the security guard, Richard Jewell. Anyway, uh, I, I say all this to say that she wrote a article about uh, Richard and it was super editorial and super like, you know, this guy did it. And it was just like super opinionated. Like it wasn't a lot of like facts, but mostly just like, yeah, I think this guy did it. And then everybody took it and ran with it. And it kind of became a national headline that this guy he uh, he set this bomb, and it's all uh, his fault. These people are dead because of him. All, it, it was a huge, big uh, scandal, I guess is the, the word. And everyone thought it was him for a long, long time until someone else confessed to it, well, I think like six years after the fact. But uh, <laughs> I remember watching the movie, and it kind of has like a montage of her writing it, and I was like, yo, you should not write it like that. That is, t- <laughs> that is so... You can't write like that as a journalist. Seriously, and I was thinking no. to myself, man, where is your editor? Who's who's letting this go through? But, yeah. Honestly, oh, editors, editors are important. Like going off that, it, it reminds me that like a lot of the big like news sources, it's it's really a business. It's they're they're trying to sell. Well, I guess maybe not newspapers, but they're trying to trying to get viewers, trying to get eyeballs. Trying to get ears to, to their channels, to their sources, and I guess the more sensational, the more extreme, um, the more the more people gravitate towards. We have like this dark. <laughs> we have like this uh, this love of the macabre, 
where we gravitate towards those like extreme stories and the more extreme the the better it is and so so to me like the, the big news corporation this it's a business it's just a way to 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 get more listeners and to get more readers um exactly yeah cuz working here you you're totally you learn you're taught to be unbiased it's knocked over in your head a million times to be very unbiased and once you start seeing it with the media in general you know just the broad stroke um you see that a lot of people are, are pretty biased one way or another mm-hmm. but you yeah know, that's, that's the way it that's is definitely interesting how that works i feel like especially with like a lot of mainstream media it's just like gotta get the big exciting headline that gets you know the clicks so you can make that ad revenue money and yeah it's it's interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah but that that's one. Go ahead. So, that's one thing that I love about this job is that it's kind of made me challenge or become more aware of my bias. Because I'm a pretty liberal guy. Um, but just especially when I was a writer, um, when I would cover any stories that had any political uh, leanings or anything like that, I was always like, well, I need to find people from both sides of, uh, of this issue, of this story. And I need to make sure that I'm portraying both sides as smart as kind of equal not making one side seem smart and one side seeming dumb like i have to make sure that everything is like fair and that it's not biased because then i'm not doing my job right so i thought it was that's one of my favorite parts about this job is that i can kind of like see um the bias that i have like more obvious in my life and kind of like do what i can to avoid it yeah and also kind of like learning how to not put your bias in like the writing as well like um one of the last pieces I wrote before becoming an editor I had to do kind of like a um I interviewed people about their opinions on the presidential candidates and stuff and I just had to make sure that I gave you know equal space and time to both candidates so I didn't show any bias within myself you know and just make sure just lay it all out there and just show what people think and not favor it towards one or the other. So, you know, it's also interesting. You say that Carlene, um, even with us, we write stories about the community, stories about students at school. And if we were to write or maybe miswrite a title or, or a subhead, people kind of take it out of proportion and they don't read the rest of the story. They, they'll, they'll take it the wrong way. And, that's happening on a micro scale, and I guess with the bigger issues that people just he- hear it from others, they, they I feel like they don't really like look into it. A lot of people just kind of just read the title and that's it. They just run with it. They don't actually read the the whole story. They don't read the whole report. And if it's happening with us, it's definitely happening with the bigger organizations. Oh yeah, I definitely even find myself doing that. Where like I'll come across like a someone shares a f- article on Facebook, and I'll just read the headline and you know, make an opinion from that and that's about it and just keep scrolling. But then I'm like, you know, I guess I should read the entire article before I form an opinion on that. Or, you know, same with like, you know, seeing like a tweet about something or something someone shared on their Instagram story, you kind of need to take your own time to do your own research and kind of, you know, see, see what the whole issue is in its entirety. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think I I don't know. I I, I think it's super important just to 
kind of like what you were saying about not looking at a headline and just going based off that, making an opinion based off of a headline. Because I think that, I mean, I'm guilty of that a lot, is that I'll look at a headline and I'll... Because, like, headlines, I feel like these days are designed to get clicks and to get a reaction out of you. And so I read the headline and I already say, I know what the story is going to be about and I agree or I think this is going to be dumb. Let me read it so I can point out why it's dumb, right? And then you kind of go into it with a super biased attitude and you're like, well, I have an agenda here to either agree with this or to disprove it. But I think it's it's, it's important to kind of like whatever you're reading to go in and just look at it and say, what are they actually saying and not going with any preconceived ideas about it. Yeah, yeah I actually, um, I came ahead, across, a, sorry, I came across an article on Facebook the other day. It said, the headline on it, in quotation marks, it said, um, we don't want you here. And then the rest of it continued something about the Trump administration putting new rules on um, like foreign exchange students or in international students and at first I was like oh like why would they say that and then as I went in and read the article the the part that they put in quotation marks that said we don't want you here was actually just from a random student they interviewed not from like anybody within the administration that the headline had implied and so just like through reading that I was like oh well now I actually know what's happening but if you just looked at the headline you could have came across a very like different opinion about what was happening with that. Yeah, um as Michael was saying like we we're we're prone to laziness all of us. Um even more so with with our current generation with social media and Instagram and Twitter like th- those things take very little attention. Like we're so used to just click double clicking on to like it or swiping up or whatever you do. And um, so same thing with headlines. Like I, I don't, I don't think there's a way to do it, but maybe there is. But I was wondering, like, how, how much are people actually reading? Reading newspapers, reading magazines, articles, and do they actually read the whole thing? Um, I would think very little do. Mm-hmm. I feel like people don't have as much of an attention span. I mean, I'm not an expert, but um, yeah. How like like for example, Instagram. How long do you actually look at? The photo you liked, like ten honestly, seconds. I feel like less than ten seconds. I feel oh, like a lot of times, five like two seconds. If I'm looking at a picture for ten seconds. I like that picture a lot. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like you're really like interested. To, that's what I'm saying. Like we go to museums and we we look at it and I go, oh, this is great. But like on a on a phone or an Instagram uh, post, we look at these things for a few seconds. Like we we, we barely like. You know, pay attention. There's there's all these things trying to grab our attention, and sitting down to read a whole article, whether it be 500 words, if that takes more effort. We're 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 so like mm-hmm. we're so uh, used to just going fast, 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 fast. Yeah, um, especially when you see like, you know, papers like the New York Times. Sometimes they'll release very in-depth articles, maybe something that a reporter investigated and. Oftentimes, people just take information from the first couple paragraphs, and that's what they're running with. But in reality, you know, there's like a thousand more words you could have read, or more than that. And there's just so much information there. You can't, you can't form an opinion off of the first few sentences. Yeah, that's why we always teach our writers: write your most interesting or most important things first. 
Right. <laughs> exactly. That's AP style for you. <laughs> there you go. I mean, it's. I mean, it's true. I always tell them like, "Hey, you never know when they're gonna like leave and stop reading your story." So like, the more the stuff that you want them to know, put them up, put it up higher because if they leave halfway through and you have your juiciest stuff at the bottom, then they they don't get the opportunity to read it. I mean, they have it. They could just be patient and stick around with it, but I mean, they just. Yeah, but I mean, that being said, you know, we're talking about being brief and like having the most important stuff up top. Uh, that is pretty much uh, our time for this week. I just want to say thanks for Carly for coming on. Thanks for having and me. Being our guest this week. Yeah, thanks for having me. I really enjoyed coming and talking to you guys. Yeah, good luck being a copy editor. Thank you. Good luck as art director. <laughs> oh, I will need it. <laughs> Last thing before we wrap, uh, go f- make sure you follow the Ke'elakai Instagram page. You can find it at, at Ke'elakai Pod. And you hop on there and you'll find more content about the podcast and updates whenever we post a new episode. So hop on there and uh, follow. And stay up to date with the podcast. Any podcast news. But that being said, that is our episode for the week, and we'll be back here next Monday with another episode for you guys. Thanks for listening. See ya. Thank you.